You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Dose of Leadership Podcast, Episode 153. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. This is Richard Ryerson. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. This show is brought to you by my sponsor, Audible.com. If you're like me, you like to read, but you're having trouble finding the time to squeeze in all those great books, well, Audible.com is a perfect solution. Audiobooks are great. I never thought I would like them, but I love them now. It's a great way to get caught up. I listen to get caught up on the book as I'm driving to work, if I'm exercising, any free time, working out in the yard, I can get caught up on all my reading. You can go to uh, my website, doseofleadership.com slash audible. And you can uh, download a free audiobook. Any audiobook they have, over 100,000 titles to choose from. You can download it for free, listen to it. You can sign up for 30 days with no obligation. If you don't like it after 30 days, you can cancel your subscription. But again, it's no risk to you. Go check out doseofleadership.com slash audible to make your smartphone smarter. What an absolute thrill for me to have Chris Hogan on the show. You might have seen him on Dave Ramsey's podcast, Entre Leadership. You know, he... He might have been the most unlikely person to wind up working as a financial speaker. And you may ask why, because years ago, Chris was an All-American college football player who pushed future NFL players all over the field, far removed from the world of helping others find financial peace. For Chris, the path for football to where he is today was a long but meaningful journey. While he was a vice president of a well-respected company helping clients manage all phases of their business, he realized how so many families, marriages, and children were being affected by money issues. He felt powerless as he sat behind his desk and watched his clients throw away their financial futures, and that's when he knew things needed to change. And that's when he met Dave Ramsey, and his career found a new direction. Chris, welcome to Dose Leadership Podcast. I'm interested to hear more about your journey. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. You know, I'm a huge fan of entre leadership, and you know, of course, in the podcasting world, it's it's a um, one of the best ones out there, always ranking in the top. So tell us a little bit more about you and, and how you've got associated with uh, passion for finances, helping people, leadership, all of that. How did it start for you? Well, for me, I mean, I had grown up in leadership positions in sports. And, you know, being a leader on a team, you quickly realize that people are following not only what you say, but they're also watching what you do. And so having the opportunity to be around other great leaders uh, in my family, in the church, uh, and in sports, it gave me a, a, this affinity for really being able to have a positive impact on people. Uh, but again, going back to that tenant of not just what you say, but what you do, and really helping people strive for better. And so in that area, obviously, and in and, and sports, and having had some success because of the team, you truly understand that everyone has different skills, 
uh, and a different uh, kind of traits and things that come natural to them. But you have to be intentional on building yourself as a leader. Uh, leaders aren't born, they're built. And so you have to intentionally get the tools that you need, grow the skill sets that you need to truly have an impact in business, but also in your life. You know, you said a, a, a buzzword there that I'm just absolutely passionate about and I talk about in my, in my groups is that word of intentional intentionality. You know, and I've been passionate about leadership for a long time, all throughout the Marine Corps and, and throughout my career, but it's really been the last five or six years realizing how intentional it is on a day-to-day basis. It never stops, does it, this intentionality? No, it really doesn't. And when you look at it and understand that, you know, we all have a limited amount of time. Uh, and and resources for that fact as well. So we do have to be intentional. We want to spend our our resources wisely. We want to be very intentional about what it is we're trying to accomplish and what it is we're trying to help other people accomplish. And I figured it out, you know, Richard, to be honest. The more intentional you are, the more intentional you are with keeping distractions at bay. Yeah. And I think effective people do that because they say, I'm keeping my eye on this prize and I'm not going to be distracted because distracted people don't ever complete or reach the level of success that they could. Yeah, that's such a great point. You're absolutely right, because when we get mired and we get stuck, I was just I just finished a conversation right before this one, and we were talking about that. How do you get unstuck? And what you just said is, is really the best way. It's like when you don't know what to do next, you have to take some sort of action, don't you? But how do you know you're taking the right action? Well, I think as you begin to look at it, you know, this thing of being stuck, I tell people, you know, if you're if you're in a ditch, what you have to do, you got to move. You know, you got to move some stuff, and and you may not always make the right immediate motions, but by moving, what what it causes is is that your brain starts to think different. And and, and one of my favorite words is options. I, I love to have options. Right. I think the, the more options you have, the better people feel, and you don't feel stuck in a job or you don't feel stuck in a career. You begin to assess what's available and what could you do. And then as you start to move, you'll start to look and make some assessments of, you know what, maybe not down this course, but I'm going to move down here. But it's always easier to adjust in motion as opposed to just sitting still. Oh, I love that. It's so, it's so true. You know, you seem like a guy, and I remember listening to some of your podcasts and, and you talk about it. You know, we, none of us can get anywhere without having key people. I, that's becoming so apparent to me, especially if, with this podcast and how beneficial it's been to to network. And I don't, I don't like that word network, but I can't think of a better one because it has kind of a negative connotation, I think, sometimes. But developing mm-hmm. authentic key relationships is probably a better way I like to look at it. I mean, how important has that been for you in, in your career, your leadership career? Uh, to me, it's been absolutely almost everything. Uh, being able to connect with other like-minded people or people much smarter than me that have had a lot more success than I. But listening to those people, you begin to find out that successful people have certain things in common. Uh, they refuse to quit. Uh, they refuse to allow anyone to put limitations on themselves. And they are positive. And as you look at that, and I think of the people that have been around me, they've all challenged me and helped me to think bigger and yeah. dream bigger than I probably ever would have by myself. Right. So I think it's imperative for people, I like what you said, about building those intentional relationships with some people. And it doesn't have to be 50 people, you know, uh, but having three or four people that you can count on that can guide you and give you good information, it's invaluable. 
You, know, you talked about tenacity, and, and I can imagine, you know, being an athlete, it's, it's, you're, you've been in this kind of tenacious mindset for the better part well over half your life. Do you think that's something that was ingrained in you at an early age or is it is a choice you made late in life? Where did it become for you, this idea of not quitting? When did that start for you? Yeah. Well, I should tell you, uh, originally the, the concept of not quitting came from being in a very uh, competitive and athletic family. Right. Um, I mean, for us, playing cards was like an Olympic sport. Okay? We, <laughs> right. we, we compete hard, but it was also this adage of, hey, get your best. Uh, you know, don't don't just be in it and just be happy to be participating. But if you're going to do it, do it. And so uh, for me, being around family wired that way, uh, being very competitive, albeit very supportive of each other, it was something I learned really soon. And, and it's something that I, I, I think has been a very good trait to continue have, to have learned it, but to continue to polish it and harness it as I move forward, trying to be effective in business, but also being effective with other people. I want to be a good influence on other people's lives to help them go further than they probably ever thought they could. Yeah, I mean, I love that you said that. And I think for me, understanding that, that and I do believe this, that we're, a lot of times where people think they're defeated, they really weren't defeated, they just gave up too early. I mean, it's almost, I would almost say 90% of the time, if, if somebody, quote unquote, um, feels defeated, it's because they quit too early. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think, you know, a lot of times, listen, defeats come in life. Yeah, sure. You know, there are seasons where you come and you do get knocked down. But to go back to that old adage of it's not that you got knocked down, it's what did you do after that? Exactly. And so I think as life comes, and, and there are challenges, but I think it's the mindset of how do you view it? Um, I, I was talking to a gentleman a couple months ago, and we were talking about obstacles. You know, I, I think a lot of us, we get surprised when obstacles come. And so then it takes us a few days to wrap our heads around it or, and to begin to develop a game plan of how you're going to deal with it. And for me, I expect obstacles. Yeah. Like, I expect opposition. I, I know everybody doesn't want me to get to where I'm going. Uh, so as I look at it, it's a mindset of how am I going to deal with it? And I need to figure out what can I control? And I think there are three things we can always control, Richard. And I think there are our attitude, our outlook, and our, our responses. Yeah. And I think if we look at those things and stay in control of those and try to keep those positive influences around us, uh, there are enough negatives out there in the world and enough negative people. So make sure your inner circle is, is filled with the right kind of positive people that are cheering for you to get to your destination. You know, it's so great. I think that, you know, so so often when I look back and you were mentioning people that have been important to your life, who, who was it for you who made such a tremendous impact in your life? Was it family? Well, I think first and foremost, yeah, the, the greatest impacts for me uh, were my grandfather. Uh. Um, uh, to be able to see this man uh, who was a, a real man. Uh, he was a man that, you know, uh, he, he loved God, he loved his family, and he served others in the community. And I can remember him, you know, being a person that would work all day, but if a neighbor needed something uh, fixed on a vehicle or something around, he would use his skills to be able to serve other people. So that was an incredible uh, impact on me. And then a businessman in my community, uh, as I was a high school senior, really took the time to talk with me about the importance of relationships. Uh, and that you treat people with respect, and you look people in the eye, and you give a firm handshake, and and so that those two were very instrumental for me uh, at a very young age to give me kind of those foundational principles. It is made. Tell me more about your grandfather. What did he do? 
Well, he he uh, he worked uh, at a factory, uh, at an electrical plant. Uh, he built transformers uh, and and helped organize kind of some of the, a lot of the the power plants structures. Uh, but but it, that's what he did for 32 years. But in the community, when he got done, he wouldn't come home and he wasn't done for the day. You know, he'd come home and then he would immediately start serving his family and then begin to plug in in the neighborhood and to people that, that needed help. And so it was nothing uncommon for him to come home and eat real quick and then go down and join in whatever venture was going on in our neighborhood or someone that needed help. And it wasn't just getting the job done. It was a matter of the relationships that he was building as he was talking with people and interacting with them. And I realized that he was being positive. Uh, and as that positive influence, people were drawn to him. Uh, and he, and he, he enjoyed it and embraced that and used it for good and had a lot of impact on people, not only in my community, but also in my town. I love hearing those stories because in, in, when you, and when I hear you tell that story and recount it, it's it's, it's always amazing to me. And, and I always ask this question on this show, and, and it, invariably somebody goes back to a family member every single time, and they didn't really accomplish anything great in the sense that you would you would maybe expect or or kind of the stereotypical look at all the accomplishments they did. It was the simplicity in it that I find the beauty in it, and it, and it shows how much impact we can make. And that we all matter and that we all have some voice and, and, and the impacts and the influences that we have on people's lives just from the simple things. And that's what I love about the story with your grandfather. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, don't, I think one of the things that I, I learned from my family was regardless of someone's title, regardless of their socioeconomic status, there, everyone's got something of value. Yeah. Uh, and we treated people the same. Uh, and so that was eye-opening. You know, um, as my uncles would bring people from school that, you know, over the holidays, I remember as a young boy, these people would come stay with us for the holiday, and they would be with us because they couldn't be with their family or they didn't have a family to go to. And so they were immediately brought in and accepted as us, and we celebrated together. And so, you know, that was an eye-opening experience for me as a young man to be meeting all of these different people and, and understanding that that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to support each other yeah. and help each other as best we can when we can. Yeah, I love that. You know, if you had to say if there's one characteristic that we should all as leaders just, if you had, I mean, there's so many that we have, we need that are required to be great leaders, but if you had to pick one characteristic that you think we abs- is just absolutely essential, what is it? I would say serve. Mm. I think great leaders figure out that they need to serve their team, not have their team serve them. Yeah. Servant sacrifice. Yeah. All of those things, you know, and that, and that's, what's so amazing about leadership is, you know, no one invented that. That's just biblical in nature. I mean, that just exists. That's just, that's just the way it's supposed to be. Right. It really is. And as you look at it, and I think a lot of, you know, I grew up in the banking world uh, as a young professional right out of grad school. And so, you know, there it's the top down mentality. The people at the top are served by everyone underneath. And so everyone's climbing and striving to get to the top of that pyramid. Well, when you work for a company that gets it, uh, then you realize the person at the top, it actually starts with them. Their job is to support and equip all of their other team members. And so it's about helping them do better. It's helping your team. And so you have to stay plugged in and support each other so that so your team members can do their job, but do their job to a very high level, striving for excellence. And I would argue that that type of mentality is all successful businesses have been that way. I've, I've been in some 
um, conversations or debates about that that's a relatively new mindset. I just think, you know, the Marine Corps has operated that way for years, and everybody thinks it's it's not that way, but it is a very uh, servant, sacrificial, uh, from a leadership standpoint, mentality. And if you look at a lot of successful businesses over the years, I think those that have thrived, um, I mean, I'm sure there's examples of authoritarian um, examples of success, but the ones that have lasting legacies have to have that mentality, don't they? Or I don't know. You've been around. You've seen a lot of businesses. What do you think? Yeah, I think you can. I've seen both thrive, but you hit that word survive. I think that's where it begins to change when you have the surface mentality of the leader. Yeah. Because now what happens is your team doesn't look at themselves as working just a J-O-B, but they feel like they're plugged in and they're a part of the mission. And when you get people that are plugged in, now you begin to have longevity. You begin to have people that are excited about doing what it is that they're doing. And the whole atmosphere changes. Yeah. And that's where people begin to think differently. Because why? Because you're treating them differently as a leader. That's where change happens. Right. So what do you think some of the biggest mistakes or, or what have you witnessed the one big mistake most leaders are making more frequently than others? Um, I, I would say the, the biggest mistake I see most leaders make is having a lack of communication. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's big because their team doesn't know where they're going. The team doesn't know what they want, and they're not able to communicate with them to keep the team in the know. And so I think it's extremely dangerous as a leader to have your team guessing because they don't know information or assuming because they don't have enough. And so I'd say communication is what I'm seeing affect most companies around the country right now in a negative way. Do you think it's because, um, I mean, why, why don't we communicate better? Is it because we don't know what to say or we feel like we need to have all the answers? What is it? You know, I'm not sure. I've seen a lot of different reasons. Uh, but one of the reasons the lack of communication is uh, some leaders have told me, well, I just didn't feel like my team needed to know. You know, they needed to focus on what it is they do. I'll take care of the big stuff. And, uh, you know, to a degree, there are some things that have to be handled by leadership. But I think you can keep your team informed without giving them every single detail. I think, you know, that that's not always necessary. But to give people an awareness that you do know, what's going on because the team's very aware of things uh, because they're living in it day to day. And so when that happens, I think there's a disconnect. And, and my friend Ken Blanchard, I had an opportunity to have several conversations with, he talks about the importance of trust in relationships. Right. And so if a team doesn't trust its leader or the leader doesn't trust its team, you have a severe disconnect there. And so now the mission and the vision of the business will never go as far as it could have gone if there was that trust by having that kind of communication. How much, especially when you look back at your sports career, I'm sure you had a lot of great coaches and and some, I mean, how um, the lessons learned from sports, does that translate directly into business for you? For me, it has. I think for you, you know, being a, a Marine, you know the, the things you learned in the Marine Corps are things that are following you to this day. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. And, and so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, to me, that's one of the ultimate teams out there. And so for me, on a smaller level in sports, I think when you, you understand team, you start to get it, you realize that you have respect for everybody that's on the team because there are different skills 
we're all wired a little bit different with different skill sets. And so to be successful as a team, everybody needs different skills, but we all need to be aimed at the same goal. And so that was eye-opening for me to really understand I am not bigger than the team. I'm a member of the team, and I need to do my part very well. What is a bigger challenge, do you think? Do you think leadership in business or leadership in family is more challenging for you? Oh, I would obviously say, you know, I, I think they go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, I think if you are a leader in business, you're also a leader at home. Um, and I'm not confused. Home is a priority for me. Uh, as a father of three young boys and, and, you know, being married going on 17 years now. Uh, but I realized the principles at home of listening, you know, of having a, a shared purpose together as a family, uh, as supporting each other and serving are things that translate all the way over into business as I would do with my team. And so I think if you start to go on this journey of growth for yourself as a leader, you'll see improvements at home as well as in the marketplace. Yeah, I think it's got to be. You're, you're right. I mean, I got sideways and was focusing on just one area. And you got to understand that leadership is central to all aspects of your lives. And I agree with you that it is about um, a destination, a growth destination, the one that ne- that never really ends. It never stops, right? No, you're absolutely right, and it's individualized. Sure. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, you have to look at it and understand what's important for you. Um, you know, what are the things that come natural to you, and then what are some things that you have to work on? And I think as you look at that and embrace the things that come naturally, don't take those for granted, but be able to look at, hey, what do I have to work on? Is it listening? You know, is it showing appreciation to my team members by writing them a note or taking them to lunch? And then I think actively acting on those things, working to get better, what happens is is you will grow, uh, and you will intentionally grow because you set on that path of trying to get better. And I tell you this, Richard, I tell people all the time, one step forward is called progress. Right. Just one step. And so taking those steps in the right direction, you'll look up and you'll realize that you're making progress in multiple areas. Why? Because you focused on it and you tried. And that's all I ask people to do out there is focus and try each and every day. You know, we talk a lot about fear and doubt on this show. It's an overriding theme. How do you deal with, well, first of all, I'm sure you still deal with limiting beliefs and fear even to this day. And how, how do you combat them? Well, I think fear is a is a very real thing. Um, it is real. What I try not to do and what I, I encourage others to do is don't live in the fear. Right. Meaning it's real, but as you look at it and begin to break it down, what is it that you're truly fearful of? I, I'm not fearful of a business result. You know, as you look at that and you're making decisions, you, it's okay to make errors. We just don't want to make fatal errors. Yeah, I love that. But as you begin to identify, what is it that I'm fearful of? And I'm fearful of not being an effective parent and an effective husband uh, and an effective leader. And you look at that and you say, okay, if that's the case, then I've got to make sure that I'm moving forward and I'm, that I'm getting better. I'm not taking things for granted. I'm not trying to shift in neutral and coast, but I'm intentionally pushing myself every day. Yeah. And I think understanding that you're going to be afraid. I mean, for me, it was like understanding where before I would try to eliminate the fear and instead I started exploiting it and understanding that, it, okay, pay attention to this because and if I act through my convictions despite the fear, something great's going to happen. I mean, you know, maybe just great for me, but that's how I started looking at it. 
No, that's very good. And it made me think of a, a Zig Ziglar quote that I read years ago. And he was talking about people that get up and do public speaking. Um, you know, someone asked him, they said, Zig, do you, do you ever still get butterflies and, and get flustered? He said, absolutely. He goes, every single time. And this man's an accomplished speaker. Right. You know, he's filled to millions of people. And he said, here's what I do. Instead of trying to get rid of the butterflies, I just try to get them flying in formation. <laughs> I and, love that. And I, I love that story because I think that's the same thing we have to do with fear, is you're not going to be able to get rid of it, but get it in formation so you can look at it and understand what exactly it is you're fearful about, and then begin to take some steps so that fear gets to, starts to, to, to diminish a little bit instead of grow. And I think if we can do that, we can achieve more and deal with the reality of the situation, which is we have choices to make every minute of every day. Make better ones for yourself, and you can get better. Oh, I love that. You know, we we have so much power, and, you know, we're just one decision away from just totally transforming our life, and that's pretty powerful when you think about that. We're just one decision yes. away. And, um Oh, I love that. So, what free, what resources would you recommend uh, for somebody out there who's uh, who wants to gain a little better insight in becoming a leader? What would you recommend? Well, I think you know, obviously, we have the book Entree Leadership that Dave Ramsey uh, wrote, and it came out a few years ago. It talks about how Dave took our company from just the thought and uh, on a card table in his living room to being a four hundred plus team member organization now on how he runs his company. So, I would honestly recommend that book, uh, as well as anything you can get your hands on by John Maxwell. Yep. Uh, I think that man is uh, an incredible, has an incredible leadership mind. Uh, and, you know, take a listen to the podcast. We, we get some, uh, you know, incredible authors and thought leaders on there and talk with them all the time because we're trying to make sure that we're giving people information that's relevant and that people can tap into and continue to grow themselves. Yeah, great resources. I agree. The Entree Leadership is is a great go-to guide uh, for myself. I, I refer to it uh, often. And, of course, your podcast is great, too. Um, so those are great resources. What uh, advice would you give to somebody who's maybe thinking about getting into leadership a leadership position for the first time? What would you tell them? I would tell them, I, anyone that was starting out into leadership, I would tell them this. Remain authentically you. Ah, I love it. I think we can, you know, we, you can try to emulate people. And, and see, there's a big difference between imitating and emulating. When you're imitating, you're acting like someone else. When you're emul emulating, what you're doing is, is you're handling things the way that they might handle it. So it's more principle-based. And so I would tell any leader out there that's growing, be you, be authentically you, but at the same time, be, be very aware that other people matter. And that the more your team will trust you, the more that they'll have your back. And they'll fight and they'll work hard for you. But they have to know that you care. Great advice. Last question for you. Um, what are you doing? What is Chris Hogan doing to continue make sure that you grow and develop as a leader? Well, I, I'm, I can tell you this. Uh, I'm doing a lot of the things we've talked about. Um, mentoring, um, I have about five or six people that I stay connected with uh, that we get together, we talk, we talk about topics, um, we're pushing each other. Um, I'm also reading, um, have several books going right now uh, all at once. I've, I've minimized TV time because football season isn't going on, of course. <laughs> um, so I'm reading uh, a lot, but at the same time being very intentional about it. You know, I'm reading a book now on actively listening 
you know, and, and on clear communication. So I think you set out a plan for yourself, and I've got a growth plan I've laid out on the books that I plan to read uh, by quarter and, and the skill sets that I want to grow. Uh, so I think whenever you plug in like that, you start to get intentional with it. I tell you, results will come. Yeah, that's so true. I think, you know, cutting out, you said a very important thing, cutting out the TV time, being intentional, reading, surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals. It is amazing how eventually over time uh, you can just feel it transform within yourself. I know it has for me, and it sounds like that's what's happening. It's happened with you and happening with you. Well, it, it's an incredible thing, you know, especially when you hear from someone, you know, a month or a couple of years later, and they talk to you about how your words at the time were the thing that helped push them past their sticking point. And that's affirmation, you know, that's yeah. being effective in people's lives. And, and for me, that's my goal. Well, Chris, guys, how can people get in touch with you? We talked about entre leadership in the book. How else can people get in touch with you and find you on the web? Absolutely. Well, listen, they can connect with me by going to chrishogan360.com. That's chrishogan360.com. Or they can find me on Twitter at chrishogan360. Chris, thank you so much. I, you know, I'm so glad to have finally met you and know you and have this conversation with you. I love the work that you're doing. I'll have links to all this stuff uh, once I get this posted on the website. Stay on the line for a second. We'll talk uh, after the recording. But thanks for coming on the show. It was really a pleasure. Fantastic. Thank you for having me. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ever tried reading while jogging, cooking, or even juggling flaming torches? Yeah, doesn't end well. But with audiobooks.com, you can conquer books without the circus act. Dive into over 450,000 titles, including more than 10,000 free ones. Get hooked on a bestseller, find your next obsession, or finally read that classic you've been avoiding since high school. And here's the inside scoop. Sign up today for a free 30-day trial and snag your first three audiobooks on the house. Sign up for your free trial at audiobooks.com slash podcast free today. That's audiobooks.com slash podcast F-R-E-E.